Coming up on Monkeys Took My Jetpack. Ain't nothing I'm going to be able to do against the true phase spell. I thought you were a wizard. What did you do exactly to these women? I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than have to have a psychic body. Wow. That's a hell of a way to go. Yikes! This is the tip of a rather sinister iceberg. What? Take him away. Okay, let's go. I really blew it today. There was killing. I want them to go after my father. I'll need advice eliminating him as soon as possible. What does Kafta Damiotic mean? Maybe this was going on since way before this jerkweed started. Lead on, Macduff. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, and thanks for downloading Monkeys Took My Jetpack issue number 48. It's another Dresden Files session, and we've wasted enough time getting this issue posted, so let's not waste any more time. The cast includes Trilobite as our magnanimous GM. Yeah, that's, um, that's really good is what it is. Yours truly, Blind Geek, playing David Mercury. So many places I could go from there. Josh playing... Ezra Kirkland. Don Rickles, what? And Moondog, playing Logan Shaw. Are we doing any solo scenes? Not a whole lot to say, so let's just get right into it, shall we? Grab a cup, bottle, glass, or can of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 48. Interludes and Investigations. All right. Everyone's back. Yep, we are all back. Yes. Yes, we are. For the Dresden wrap-up. Okay. So, let's rewind the tape a little bit, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> How far do you want to go? Perfect. No, that's good. That's okay. good. You got it right there. All right, awesome. I mean, you have excellent timing. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you can understand it when it's running backwards like that. but It's, it's amazing. There's a lot of editing. <laughs> I'm thankful for you. Just your look at all those episodes that have come up lately. I know, Jesus, it's crazy. So, if you guys don't mind doing a little bit of retcon type stuff, that's how I'd like to handle some of this. Is it okay with you? Fine. Okay. Retcon. I don't Whatever know. Whatever you say, sir. If all right, it's a type of rat poison. <laughs> no, it's it's not that much. Just because you had wanted to question the supposed warlock a little bit more than we ended up out of game having time to do and you wanted to handle some other stuff but we had to wrap up a little bit faster than we really want to last time so oh, i just want to okay. go back and give your characters that extra time that we wanted to give you that's all i can accept that i was when you said retcon i was thinking like oh you mean we didn't really kill the guy and i was like no i don't want to but if yes, it's something we did Superman for is black yeah no, yeah oh. <laughs> But if it's something for time constraints, I'm fine with that as a player. So, cool. All right. Very good. So, cutting back to the ruins of the garage, the Range Rover ticking away from where it was just barely started up by Echo, the wounded and the dead being sorted out by the White Court Vampire's men. I got to get my names all straight again. Believe it or not, I've actually forgotten some of them. Logan Shaw. Okay, thanks. Oh, I actually remember being sorted out by Shaw's men. And the Tirlianshi, this towering androgynous figure, surf and cloaked, 
as you called it, <laughs> cloaked in um, a cape of flowing seaweed or flowing water with kelp in it, surrounded by a shimmering halo of sunlight dancing through water, watching with apparent bemusement and pace, pace for Siren, as you learned, because the warden snuck in and stole his driver's license. Standing there, sort of bemused, apparently under the Tirlianshi's glamour or some sort of spell. So that's where we is. Spell sounds like Ezra's department. No, he's not the Tirlianshi. So ain't nothing I'm going to be able to do against the uh, True Phase spell. I thought you were a wizard. I am. But you're a warrior god. Fair point. All right. Okay. All right, what the hell? I'm going to start praying over this. Well, wait a second. Let's make sure this is something we want to do. Before. Yeah, he's ensorcelled by the Chileanshi, who, frankly, I'm fine with. Yeah, let's leave that alone. And it was holding yeah. it there because you had agreed to hand the Him warlock over, over to yes. the she. Yeah. But we get to um, ask questions. Yes. yes, but you had bargained for some questions. And the thing seemed more amused than anything by your bargaining and just kind of went with it. Well, we had discovered already that he was trying to remove the negative parts of his followers' personality, and that's basically doing psychic lobotomy is what it seemed like. rather have a bottle in front of me than have to have a psychic lobotomy. I know. Maybe junk, but at least you got a brain. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a big old violation of a couple different laws of magic, so the wardens would have his head normally, but I'm fine if Rosetta's fine with just, because I'm not a warden. I got no problem handing him over to the Fae Lord because he might be better off just getting his head chopped off. She nods. She's carefully cleaning her katana. Not exactly eyeing the Tirlianshi, but doing it facing toward the Tirlianshi with her warden sword clearly laid out and kind of like watching it. Yeah, I'm fine. I got no time to deal with this stuff. See? There you go. So anyway... I forget, what was Echo's final fate? She's alive. Yep. Barely. She is lying comatose for some reason by the side of the jeep. She's alive, but she might need therapy. Yeah. And Shaw's medic had pronounced her basically healthy. She just had gone into shock. He couldn't figure out why. Fuking. Yeah. He's keeping her warm, keeping her feet elevated. He thinks she'll recover. We'll get her to the hospital eventually. All right, Pace. He looks over. He's thuggish, like red crew cut, sweat forward, heavy brow. And he sort of smiles vacantly at you. Where'd you learn to summon the Outsiders? From an S.E. Hinton book. Outsiders? He shakes his head. I don't know. I had dreams about how to help with my art. How'd you learn to build that gate and that chair device? That came to me in my dreams. I was having trouble with some of the more difficult cases. They they relapsed. That gives me pause. If the outsiders are whatever nasty critters, if some things are uh, communicating with talents and through their dreams, trying to get them to open up gates, that could be a... Well, that is a bad thing. Could be indicative of further bad things to come. Hmm. Came to him in a dream. Yeah. Where the hell do you go from there? I don't know. This guy seems like he's a minor talent that got unfortunately uh, 
controlled? Yeah, I got whammied by something from outside. Whammied, is that a technical term? It's a technical term. It's awesome. a wizard term. There you go. <laughs> when you broadcast, you also receive, Rosetta says. Yeah. This guy, he doesn't have much in the way of wards or anything else up. He didn't put up any fight. So, I mean, he obviously, he's, if he's got magical talent, it's nothing big. It's focused or limited. But if he's unwittingly or wittingly somehow got into some kind of pact or even just tutelage, unbeknownst to him even, through some big nasty from outside that's trying to get inside, still doesn't acquit him. Yeah, but it makes a case. It makes a case. It's also, however, showing possible bad things in the future if he's not an isolated case. So, David, how does God feel about that? Yeah, David. He's still been messing with bad juju. I mean, yeah, you could make an argument that he could make an argument that he's innocent or a victim. Why, Logan? Of, I never thought I would hear you employ the just following orders defense. Contacting the outsiders, but that still doesn't make him innocent of the uh, messing but, with people's minds through magic. And David, I didn't think you would just give up so early, innocently on a person that was being controlled by a higher power. He started this shit a long time before the outsiders got into his head. Oh, see, well, there you go. And how do you know that? I can smell it. You can smell it. Okay. She just eyes you levelly. Hey, you know, if you want to be the hand of what's right, I guess I have no control over that. I just kind of what words do. Yeah, yeah. Stick their nose into other people's business, but that's okay. Any rate. I feel kind of bad. I want to reverse my vote. <laughs> You can take that up with a Tialan Chi there. No, no. Right, then. Thought as much. What did you do exactly to these women? I took out all the bad memories and I put in better thoughts. Where did the better thoughts come from? I made them. And where did you put the bad memories? I took them out. They went away. And just put them off to the ether. Yeah. Later, you did this because your dreams told you to do this? No, I did this because I wanted to help them. Okay. I found out I could do this when I was just a very young man. How old does he look now? He might be in his mid-40s. He has sort of the look of like a professional athlete who has been sort of hard used by his profession. Gotcha. But possibly mid-40s. I don't know. I've got nothing else to ask him. Yeah, basically we know this is the tip of a rather sinister iceberg, but we kind of already knew that already. What were the wards up around your compound here for? To keep my family safe. From? Prying eyes. There's the girls are your family? Under- he nods. No. We're all one family. Yeah. There's people who don't understand what I'm trying to do. Yeah, you're looking at it. They don't understand. I just want to help them. When did you start doing this? Protect them from people like us, pretty much, yeah. Don't you understand that we are all the sum of our parts? We need our negative. Didn't you ever watch Star Trek? Sometimes. Do you remember the episode where Kirk gets split in two? (laughs) He shakes his head. Really? You're a warrior of God. You're using Star Trek as your point of reference? Hey, I take what I can get. Alright. Continue. Do you honestly think he's going to respond to it's an abomination of... uh, I don't know. A theologian. Well, neither am I. I just 
Serve one. Sir, well, God serve is one. God is not a theologian. I think God turns his nose up at most theologians. Anyway, we're getting off track here. Have you seen that episode? He shrugs. When did the dream start to come? Oh, uh, a few months ago. So you were doing this to the girls before the dream started? Oh, I've been helping for a long time. Yeah, she is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Okay, yeah. you don't have to justify your, about, you don't have to justify your attitude. He was a bad dude before. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just trying to get an idea of why the dream started coming. When I was 14, okay, Josh, he, tra- he trampled over. I, I, <laughs> I tried to help as many people as I could, but I wasn't very good at it at first. There were a lot of relapses. Later, I got better, but it wasn't until the dreams taught me how to make the chair and the portal that I was really able to help permanently. I even fixed some of the old relapses. So it just heightened your powers. He nods. It's a true expression of my art. God, he's a hippie. You can sort of hear the capital A when he says that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we're... Well, that doesn't sound good, Josh. What are you going to do about it, Ezra? Warden, what are you going to do about it? I have fires to put out. Literal fires to actually I'm going to start poking around and see what I can find out about other possible incursions. That's right. Ezra, you're officially deputized to deal with this shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do I get a sword? She just looks at you. Dagger. I want to be a deputy. Do you even get a cape? You're deputized. Not an actual warden. Like a cape maybe of a different color or like a short sword. Give him a Superman cape. Now you're, being, now you're being silly. Give him a knife opener and I don't know. Don't you patronize me, Logan. <laughs> How about I give I'm, him I'm, official pardon to continue with what he's doing and the good graces of the wardens? I guess that'll work. Fine. So where do we even, go from now, Azra? You don't even get a secret decoder ring. That's kind of bogus. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe we should get Echo to the hospital, your girlfriend? Yeah, let's get it. Not my girlfriend. She's not, Rosetta says, looking at you. No, she's not. In fact, we can barely stand each other. Well, she, she can shines. barely stand me. I don't really have much of an opinion of her either way. Huh. I thought there really was a vibe. No. She just shakes her head. There really wasn't. I snapped my fingers and two of my guys start carrying her out. Right. Get her to the hospital. Of course we will. I think we'd already talked about having your cleaners come through and take care my, of the other people. My cleaners? I don't have any cleaners. I don't think we discussed that. Pretty sure we did. Yeah. They're actually on their way. Oh, are they? Okay. They're not really... the wolf? That's all I needed to know. Exactly. They're not really your cleaners. There are I some didn't... men who work for your father. But Victor gotcha. made the right calls and got it taken care of. Victor, you need a raise. Yes, I do, sir. That's good work. <laughs> we'll talk about that at your next review. Oh, speaking of reviews, Rosetta says, she uh, stalks over to Victor and looks up at him. He's a big guy. And to you, Logan says, keep this dog on a leash or I'll have him neutered. Of course, Warden. That's what I've been doing the whole time here. She looks over at the dead women. They're no different than the guy that was doing his thing. She shakes her head. I gotta go to Japan. Have some sake for me. Maybe. 
Well, you got to go to Okinawa. Keep it hot, though. None of this cold, soggy shit. Like so I we're said, gonna... only if I go to Okinawa. Josh, are you coming with? Because we're going to take Echo to the hospital. I really shouldn't go to the hospital. I have a bad... I... Well, are you riding with? I guess I am riding. I only got the one car. <laughs> yes, I guess I will ride. I'll stay in the car. Well, he didn't bring his broomstick. Hey. David, you coming? Or do you still have that jalopy out there? I don't remember. It's been too long between sessions. You guys met at a crossroads, left your vehicles there. There's a Range Rover here, and there should be a couple vans on the way. Oh, you're right. You're right. We did leave our vehicles. Okay. Well, I think we should commandeer that Range Rover over there. Victor. <laughs> Victor's a good driver. Victor, you make a good lap dog. Make sure he gives you plenty of milk bones. He gets paid better than your master pays you. <laughs> says Victor. Okay, let's go. So, Kirkland, find out what went down here. Find out what exactly is going on. I'll get in contact with you later about the Castadanyantic and what I was able to find out. About the what? The Castadanyantic. That's a big nasty thing. Okay, yeah. Which, when you heard that name, you were like, hey, guys, guess what you yeah. can spell with these letters? <laughs> well, it wasn't candy tits after all. <laughs> Damn it. It wasn't candy tits or tidy cans or sand city. I kind of like Sand City myself. I like tidy cans. cans. I like tidy cans. Yeah, like. me too. <laughs> Castadon Yantic. All right. I'll see what I can find out. You are done with the warlock? The Tirlian, she asks. All yours. Take him away. We will be in touch. The woman in the seal skin cloak gives you a smile and a little wink, Ezra. Oh, well. Uh, and then the two of them disappear. There's a column of seawater where they were, and it splashes down. And then they're gone. Ezra, I think you've made a friend. Think? Or an enemy. Yeah. See, they're startling. Startlingly. <laughs> it's fake. I believe was the words that the yes. GM used. A startlingly large bust. Whoa! Yikes! Hey, I've been deputized. I didn't even get badge or nothing. Yeah, I think you got kind of short change there, pal. You yeah. have the power. That's bureaucracy for you, isn't it? I think Moondog made a good point. I probably should have been a bit more angry with the warlock, but oh well. We've had time to cool down. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there was just something about the way he was just standing there in Sorcelled. Could be. It could be, too. Okay, um, in the scene my mouth thrown, Al, do we get to reword one of our aspects? Is that correct at this point? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm, I'm changing uh, the warden's Omi to deputy warden. Oh, nice. That works. That'll make that a little bit more official and allow you to even call on it from time to time. Yep. It'll also make it a lot and more compellable. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. oh, God. What? What do you want? Like, hey, all. <laughs> so Moondog's question was, does that end the scene? And that's sort of in your hands. I'm kind of leaving I've, I've it to you. This scene. Yeah, I'm good with everything I want out of the scene. How about you, Eric? Yeah, I'm good. Sounds good. Hold on, hold on. I can't understand you when you all talk at once like that. I guess I've got to go and <laughs> that was tell uh, my landlady that we found good news and bad news. Found Echo, but she seems to be under some psychological duress. And is resting in the hospital. Some strange, crazy cult. 
I was going to say you can just call her, but I forgot. You don't generally... I don't have a phone. I've got to go back to that house at some point anyway. That's where all my stuff is. My itinerary is to uh, go back home and talk to Mrs. McBill, and then probably after recouping for a day, at least, I'll start poking around my contacts and the occult underground and Alistair's restaurant and seeing what I can find out about any word on any... uh, Outsider activity I should be aware of. That's my itinerary. Excellent. I believe I still have some consequences I'm going to have to suffer through for a bit still. Oh, yeah. I think the hysterics is gone. Yes. But the blinding migraine is going to stick around for, I think, the next session. I'm assuming this doesn't count. Until the start of the. I'm going to be a little forgiving here and say until the start of the next session. Okay, fair enough. Headache. And then go home, lie down, drink a lot of coffee, a lot of bourbon, sleep off this <laughs> headache, then go and pound the pavement and probably do some research what I can find out about the Castigliantic. Uh The Warden Fort has a big old library, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Okay, I'll make a trip over there too. That'll actually probably be the first place to go tomorrow morning after I rest and recoup until Mrs. McBill, everything. Okay, so that's my itinerary. Gotcha. Anybody have any immediate actions that are uh, leading us on to the next scene, or where would you guys like to set things next? Uh, We're dropping off Echo. At the hospital. At the hospital. I'll pray over her on the drive back, Mm. laying on of hands and all that kind of thing. I'm not sure, because I have yet to take a lot of my damn notes from the faith powers as to how that works, so I'm a bad, bad player. But, uh, no, actually, it's pretty easy. It essentially gives me a aspect that I can more or less use as I see fit to kind of guide things in the general direction of what you're praying for, okay. uh, perhaps in an ineffable fashion. Okay. Well, I'm working for healing. Praying over her? Yeah. Like if she's in the back seat, I'm in the back with her laying on of hands and all that good stuff. Yep. Victor is sitting directly across from you, AK-47 cradled in his lap. There's the dead bodies behind you. He's just kind of watching you. He shakes his head. Uh, Mr. Shaw? Yes? I know we're having the bodies taken care of. Should we have some of your father's contacts and associates help with the wounded instead of dropping them off at a hospital? Well, Echo we can take to the hospital, but the rest of them, you're correct. Very good, sir. Ezra wants her to go to a hospital. He's a deputy warden now, so I don't want to piss him off. Understood, sir. I'll start making the calls. Good. And then we head back home. Okay. I have to think about where we want to go next. So it sounds like a short van ride later, Echo is dropped off at the emergency room by herself, it sounded like. I got to stay in the car because I don't want to go into the hospital with all the delicate electronic equipment. I would Mm -hmm. say, David, you take her in. Yeah, I'll take her in. Okay. And then I'll drop you off at the boarding house. David, perhaps the most respectable looking amongst us. Well, and he probably won't screw up all the equipment. Also that. You know, like you. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll take you back to the boarding house, and then I can head home and regroup, and then tomorrow we can start afresh. Let's get this done. i got a hankering for nachos and whiskey. got to take care of. <laughs> okay. That's the plan, then. Excellent. Where do you guys want to meet tomorrow? You want to come out to the mansion? Got 
swimming pool. Got movie stars? There might be a couple there. Hmm. I never know who my father brings in. (laughs) I'm in. My father might still be there. You could meet him. Uh, Well, David, you've already met him. Yes, I have. Yep. He'll be happy to see you. I'm sure he will. Feeling is quite mutual. No, I don't think I will. (laughs) Swimming pool. Okie doke. So are we talking milestones now earlier? Yeah, we were actually. And we are at a, I think they call it a significant milestone, but I'll have to double check here. Page 88. Thanks. That's where I was looking at it. There's minor, significant. So we should be at significant, what they recommend for the end of sort of one story arc. Right. So we get one additional skill rank. One of the benefits of a minor milestone. Yeah, I think I already put that one in. I think I did as well. Oh, crap. Okay. I'm not sure. Reconfigure yeah, their focus. Yeah, I did. So I got I six averages. I think both averages. the other gentlemen did, so. Yeah, I got six averages. That's why, yeah, so I've got one rank. Okay. So when it says one additional skill rank, I can take one of my skills and move it up? Sure. You just got to maintain that whole tower or pyramid type thing that they got going on. Okay. I don't have a tower or pyramid going on. You know what the skills like? You can't have more of a higher rank than you do of a lower rank. So, like, I have two, 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 three, four. So, what you're basically saying is, all I can do is add a, a plus one to something. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's right. I did do this because my guns are now good and my driving is superb, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, you switch some stuff Please around. Switch. Yeah. So you can add one additional skill rank, mm-hmm. and then do one of the benefits of the minor. So he did his minor to switch skill ranks. Hi. Okay. Well, I know what my minor thing is going to be. It's going to be purchase stunts or powers, provided you have the refresh to do it. Mm-hmm. I've got an eight refresh, so I got you can go down to one refresh, right? I have uh, a minus, so I can go down to minus nine without a problem. Right. I believe what they're actually talking about is your refresh. We've got a total 10 to play with, and he's only played with 8. Ah, so you have, have two. One. You yeah, always adjusted. have one refresh, don't you? Yeah, his adjusted refresh is two like mine. You only you have to have a minimum of one, yeah. So you've got yeah. one more point you could play with. So I could spend one point in a side emotion and take fear as another emotion I could incite. I would totally be happy with that. Okay. I'm always happy with what takes the characters adjusted refresh down <laughs> especially if they are playing something that's pretty much a monster okay well that's what i'm going to do on that one I'm gonna add fear as an emotion i can insight and then i'm going to move one skill to average i just don't know what one yet i'd say take your time think it over it doesn't have to be done immediately well you know the one skill i thought i wanted to go up on i'm going to take driving i don't have anything in that i'm gonna make that oh no i do have a plus one in that never mind because I ride a motorcycle, I was going to up that. Works. Yeah, I might have to think about this for a minute. Yeah, I'd say think about it. It doesn't have to be done right away. So it sounds like you guys are getting kind of prepped to go to a meeting the next day and sort of a war council slash possibly some early stage investigations. Do you guys want to do that or get started with that now? Yeah. Well, I was going to commune with what's-his-name, who we've never really established the gargoyle. You call him Rocky. That's right, that's I call him Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, but that's not his real name. Rocky the Gargoyle. If he even has a real name. This is true. Okay. It's kind of stone-faced so, individual. We'll go back briefly to the mansion where uh, Shaw, your father, 
says, I've made all the necessary arrangements. I think we have an opportunity here. I want you to use this to get in the good graces of the White Council, particularly since the wizard Kirkland has been made a deputy warden. That can work to our advantage. I'm glad you feel that way, Father, because that's what I was trying to do. I see the schooling I attempted to give you did not go completely to waste. I was thinking the same thing. Maybe there is hope for me. He smiles. Just a little bit, Father. I understand. And back at the mansion, I guess, (laughs) I'm picturing Kirkland just passed out in his attic apartment. Yes. (laughs) Curled up on the bed. Shoes are off, but still clothed, just buried under several quilts. Do not disturb sign and wards up on the door. (laughs) Do not disturb under threat of fireball. Just kidding. No, really serious. Wink, wink. (laughs) And at the church. Okay. You can set the scene. I was picturing up on the rooftop. So was I. So was I. I'm just thinking, how the hell would he get up there? Doesn't matter. You're up there. Okay, fair enough. We just cut to it. Yep. Looking out over the city, this place is on a hill, not too far from the heights where we put it. So you can see much of the city spread out. It's like this webwork of golden light going out to the dark ocean. Far out there, you can see the tiny little clusters of light that are the crags, little rocky islands that are home to some very old neighborhoods. And there's a sound like a soft clattering of stone and a grinding behind you as Rocky, as you call him, moves surprisingly quietly down from his ledge to come sit near you. He doesn't say much, but he's a really good listener. (laughs) And you've come to some sort of understanding somehow that he's a protector or a watcher of this place. Hey, Rock. He hunkers down next to you in a classic gargoyle pose, looks out over the city with you. I think I really blew it today. I don't feel the connection like I used, like uh, I did. There was, there was killing. He turns his head slightly, regards you quizzically. Essentially, we went to catch some bad guys, save some people, and uh, I just got. I just, I let my, I let my guard down and I let my anger get the better of me. And it's best not to do that when you're carrying a weapon of mass destruction. He nods. Uh, I don't know what God Slowly. was thinking, picking me. I, <sighs> he looks up and off slightly to the side toward one section of the church roof. I follow his gaze. And there in the center is Christ crucified. Not one of these happy, family-friendly versions either. (laughs) This is an emaciated Middle Eastern man with a spear wound nailed to... (laughs) The kind my grandmother had in her living room. (laughs) Yeah. And he's looking upward and crying out in torment. And it instantly brings to mind the portion of the story of Christ where he's crying out to God on the verge of losing his faith. And you can see behind that there are two other crosses with men nailed to them. And gathered all around him are a host of saints 
some of the names you know, most of the faces and figures at least are familiar. And they're all bent and twisted, not unnaturally, but a lot of them are depicted as old men or people from the Middle Ages who honestly were not always in the best of health. Hmm. And many of them were martyred, and they're depicted here as they would have been just after their martyrdom. Huh. Yeah, I think I get your point there. He nods very slowly. Sure doesn't make it any easier, though. He shakes his head, places one massive clawed hand on your shoulder, (laughs) and gestures out toward the great web of light that is the city. Yeah, that's just the thing. All those people. I didn't even try to reach those. There were women. They were thralls of this. I, I didn't even try. I was just so over. I was just so pissed at what they were doing. They have families, and those families aren't going to have them coming home. And that's because of me. He nods again very slowly, his hand still on your shoulder. All right, let's wrap that one up there, I think. Yep. So what's our next scene? It sounds like you guys are talking about getting together again. I'm thinking of cutting directly to that. All right. But that depends on how much you want to do independently before that meeting or what have you. That's right, what have you. That's a combination of whatever and what have you. <laughs> if we were going to meet early in the morning, I've, well, what? were we going to do it? Logan's? Swim uh, in the pool, apparently. I said we had a pool. <laughs> I think we were going to meet and strategize and decide where we're going to go from here. Have sex with movie stars. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll make sure there's a couple movie stars that, that day. Not major ones, just be actors. Don Rickles, what? <laughs> <laughs> Any of the cast of Fact of Life would be fine. <laughs> oh my. Wow. So many places I could go from there. No, and I don't know. I'm going to take up none of them. Um, Are we doing any solo scenes? So, oh, we just Not didn't. yet. If we're doing this early enough in the day, then I'm probably going to hit there first, and then I'll make my... I would like to get up early before anybody gets there and have a scene with Victor on the gun range. Okay, works. Just to promote myself a little bit. Yeah. There's a nice gun range, actually, not too far from the Heights. Not very far from Ezra Branch Park, actually. Good. No relation. We'll go there. (laughs) Nice place, terraced landscapes. The bullet stops behind the range. They're sort of terraced hills, and they've been landscaped. Fresh green grass on there. Brick lanes leading out to the targets. Okay, so Victor and I are uh, firing off some handguns, mm-hmm. practicing, and by reloading, I turn to him and I go, Victor, I'm kind of tired of my father. We could have a lot more power here if he'd actually get more involved. So I think we need to get him more involved. Could you put some people on finding the red court for me? I think we need to motivate my father. Specifically, who are you looking for, sir? We know the neighborhoods they control and most of their couriers. I am looking for somebody in minor leadership. Somebody I can maybe manipulate, talk to. I want them to go after my father. Either he can 
deal with that because he wants to deal with the red cord, or maybe it's time for new leadership here. Understood, sir. Whatever your decision, you know I back you 100%. Yes, Victor, and that's why you're going to go many places. I would like you to hire outside contractors if possible, something that would not get back to my father. Understood. Ghouls are always a good bet. Good, good. Whatever it takes. Speaking of which, the holy man. Respectfully, I advise eliminating him as soon as possible. My father doesn't think that's necessarily a good idea. Eliminating him just will tarnish our possible relationship with Ezra. If you could come up with a plan that we would not get, how do I say this, fingered, I'm not against listening to your plan. I'll consider it. It needs to be discreet. We can't be fingered. Right now, we need to play Ezra. I think he might be the key to a lot of things for us. Also, sir, something you should be aware of. He stops, lays down his weapon, checks to make sure it's clear, and then reaches into one of his little tactical pouches and pulls out a throwing star. Yes? I found this in my pillowcase when I woke up this morning, sir. In your pillowcase? Yes, sir. And you didn't notice somebody putting it there? I think it was that ninja bitch, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're going to have to refresh me. Who's the ninja bitch? The warden, sir. Oh, the warden? I wouldn't doubt it. She's pretty powerful. Maybe we should come up with a plan, not necessarily to eliminate her, but to neutralize her. She said she was going to Japan? Yes, sir. Let's try to find out why. I'll do what I can, but the White Council's locked up tight. I respectfully recommend that you try to work the wizard Kirkland to figure out what you can about that. Yeah, I'm not sure how much in the know Kirkland is, (laughs) but I'll work it. We'll see. Understood. And, by the way, I got the first report in from the private investigator. Oh. Nothing we don't know so far, but he is being tailed. Investigator's being tailed. Oh, no, sir. The wizard Kirkland is being tailed. Oh, okay. Very good. Victor, I think you, again, need a raise. Let's put another 10000 into that offshore account you have. I absolutely concur, sir. Thank you. My family appreciates your help. Very good. Well, I will take good care of your family. Now, if I may recommend, sir, you're still trying to fight against the recoil. You have to move with it, and we'll kind of move on from there. Yep. Good. Squeeze the trigger. Don't pull. <laughs> like a tit. Wow. That's what I was taught. That was the <laughs> metaphor that actually was first introduced to me. That's... Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So, the meeting then? Yep. And is this actually at the mansion, or what? That seemed to be the plan. Yeah. Okay, so Moondog, set the scene. Okay, so you guys come up to the mansion. David, you coming too? You coming together? You're coming separately? I'll come separately. Okay, so when each of you arrive on separate occasions... I guess I'm taking the bus. I'm sorry, I forgot you don't have a car. I'll pick up... uh, a nice bicycle. I'll pick up Ezra. I send you a driver. It's not a problem. Okay, well, hell. Yeah, I sent you a driver. All right. Probably getting some looks from my housemates. (laughs) 
so when you arrive to the mansion at the front door, you're each greeted by a butler. Yes. Ezra Kirkland, here to see Logan Shaw. Master Logan was expecting you. Please, I come this way. I think so. He sent me a car. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he escorts you to a conference room okay. where Logan is sitting at the head, of course. Victor is on one side and a... I don't think we ever named her. You remember the Wait, personal the, assistant I used? Personal when, assistant? Oh, her my father's actually, personal assistant. Yeah, her name is actually Victoria. Victor and Victoria. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, and a lovely young lady sitting on my other side. Ezra, come in. Thank you. Take a seat. You need a refreshment? I will sit at the opposite end of the table. Very good. I'm something ridiculously. Way at the very end, so you have to shout to hear me. (laughs) Do you need something to drink? (laughs) Yes, that would be lovely. What would you like? What time of day is it? Get my guest a bourbon, please. I would say it was probably around 10 or 11. See, I like the idea that Ezra actually asks that question. Oh, okay. okay. (laughs) Like, what time of day is it? (laughs) It's only 11. Put that bourbon in some coffee. (laughs) I want a mojito. His finger and a servant person that was standing against the wall leaves. And then a few minutes later, David comes in. David, David, good to see you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It's okay. When we're done, you can go use the pool if you like. I, I think there are a couple movie stars out there right now. Yeah, maybe I'll put some. But notice the lack of movie stars here. Maybe I'll put some holy water in there, make it a more sanctified pool. Well, you know, I I don't really mind because you know I don't use that pool. So <laughs> whatever works for you, David. I want you to feel comfortable. Are you drinking anything besides holy water that I can get you? A mojito. <laughs> a mojito. Yeah. Okay. Very good. That's why I drink them. And they bring their drinks, and we're ready to start the meeting. Ezra, I think this is your show, you being a deputy warden now. Oh. Well, I was going to start by doing some research, finding out what I can about this um, Candy Tits. What's his name? <laughs> Kestadon Yantik. Kestadon Yantik. That guy. Well, I have and many I've... resources. What can really I do? Have a, you have an occult library? <laughs> I refuse to answer on the grounds that it might incriminate me. Can I roll resources or contacts for that? Hmm. Yes, with the understanding that these would not be necessarily your resources, but uh, my rather father's. Your father's. Of course, but he. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, let me roll. Can I use resources? Yes. That's what library is based off of his resources, yeah. Uh, I got a three. Okay, let's see. What's that translate to in there? Usually, if you got your resources, it's your resources minus two is usually what determines what kind of library or workshop you have access to. Ah, thanks. It's either or library or workshop for craft or lore or academics. My resources went into my workshop. So I would say that the Shaw Mansion has a number of occult volumes, mostly dealing with occult history on what is known about the various major players. A few authentic historical texts in a uh, basement vault. You're more well, than happy to check out our books on occult history. I'd just do that. I want to start looking into the Kastodon Yantik, and let's be honest, the 
Trillion Shi to probably could find out some stuff about him. I was going to use the access to the libraries that my people have access to, but I will follow up with your library here, too. Good. It doesn't uh, hurt to take a that, walk. What, that's the first thing I'm going to do. After that, then it's going to be uh, nosing around with my contacts, seeing if anyone knows of any uh, outsider activities that may have fallen under the radar. I run with a different crowd than the wardens do. They might be more willing to talk to me than they would with someone with a sword and a cloak. Good idea. What can David and I do to help you? Anything uh, research would be helpful. Anything you might hear in the underground. I don't know what accesses David has to with the church records. Uh, I can check. I'm not sure I'll find anything, but it's... Any reports of possession or something would be a good lead, too. You think maybe this was going on since way before this jerkweed started? might have been going on before. It might be going on continually with other entities or same entity with multiple contingencies. I don't know. Their motives are mysterious and unknowable. Well, see, the problem with the church records is... How do I say this delicately without offending anyone? He glances upward. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you're dealing with things like possession. You have the occasional truth with a lot of bullshit thrown in. Gonna have to parse those ones out. Well, I'm not sure I know the criteria by which to do that, Mr. Wizard. (laughs) I'm no exorcist. You don't look like Ron Steiger. Maybe I should have some background checks on the warlock. Maybe we can find out who trained him. That's not bad. I wasn't thinking about... And what connections he had in the past with other undesirables. That's a good idea. I wasn't thinking of pure mundane... Well, that's what I'm here for. Check, yeah. Details, details. Yeah, see who he's... You take care of the big stuff. I'm not with where he's been, where he's come from, where he was before here. Background. Good idea. No problem. I'll get some of my people on that right away. May I suggest that both of you take a suite here, maybe? And so that way you have access to the library when you need it? No, that's okay. I'd rather not. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, you're both more than welcome to stay. Thank you. I've got my kid and everything. I've got my... She's more than welcome to stay, too. I prefer to keep her uncorrupted. I understand that. (laughs) I like the fact that he doesn't even... He doesn't even balk at the insinuation that he is corrupted. I love it. Inhuman monster, I understand. What? I'm corrupt? No. (laughs) Maybe my father. You hate my father, but I'm not corrupt. You know, that's actually true. That's a fair point. Out of character, that's a fair point. He doesn't really have any real reason for hating Logan other than just what he is. So sired by the man you hate. Yeah, I need to remember that because I'm kind of treating it like he's got more animosity toward you particularly than he probably should have. Anyway. I've seen Logan do some horrible, violent things, so I'm Only leery. horrible, bad people. I, I know. I, I'm leery of Logan, but I'm not. I, however, don't really want to, like, bed down in a vampire lair <laughs> unless I really have to, plus all Just, my gear and equipment. Is- I fully understand both your apprehension and me casa is your casa. Whatever resources you need, I'll do my best to help you. All right. Well, then. It would be good sometime, David, to see my niece again. Maybe, when's her birthday coming up? Uh, It's not till September. Good. Well, we'll have to plan a get-together. Small, intimate dinner. We won't invite Father. Fair enough. We can have it at my place. That's fine. 
I have no problem coming to your place. All right. So I'm going to check the background on the warlock. You're going to do your history text mumbo jumbo stuff that you do. What, David, or what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, you're going to check into the church's records. Yeah, I'm going to look at the church for possessions and see if anything comes of that. Good. You want to be back here tomorrow or? Yeah, that sounds about right. Tomorrow? Okay. Afternoon, good for you guys? Good. Sure. Well, I got to pick up my, I got to, well, maybe Sally can, I've been using her a lot for sitting though. Hmm. She really doesn't seem to mind. Yeah. All right. Tomorrow afternoon's good. Okay. Sally is the uh, head of the house at Ezra's. Yep. Okay. Well, if it make it, did he say that in character or? No, he did not. Okay. So this was a quick meeting. I'm going to. It's almost time for lunch. Would you like to stay for lunch? What are you having? Well, we do have some. Are you having steak by any chance? We, we have some very talented chefs here. Would you like Is that steak? Is a vampire joke? <laughs> I have no problem with steak. <laughs> Sometimes I have my heart set on it, as a matter of fact. Uh, would you like a steak? Because I would be more than happy to have one of the chefs prepare that for you. Ezra, uh, I could also have something prepared for you. I'm fine with we steak. Can eat by the pool. <laughs> I'm fine with steak. Sure. Good. Then it's settled. I'll have steaks made. Victor, could you show them down by the pool, and I'll go get the food started. Of course, sir. Thank you. So, out at the pool? Yeah, out at the pool. (laughs) (laughs) All in your army surplus duds, Ezra? The coat's the only army surplus dud. Everything else is still flannel and blue jeans, but... Okay, yeah. It's January in Isla del Oro, so... Still pretty chilly, especially by California standards. The pool is a big, weird kind of trapezoid shape. Really big, surrounded on three sides by the oddly angled stark white mansion. But it has a great view from here. The cliffs are maybe 200 yards away, and they just drop off out of sight. And the area has been kind of trimmed back and everything, so it's just like a straight shot out to the Pacific Ocean. If you're in the pool or at pool level, it can almost feel as though you're in the ocean just from the looks of things. It's a uh, bright, sunny day. Sweeping the clouds away. (laughs) All right. Well, just relax here for a bit until lunch, and then I'm going to head out to the uh, fort. Excuse me. We don't have to play out lunch if you don't. I mean, I'm I, cool yeah, that. probably just as well. Uh, yeah. It's making me hungry. <laughs> okay, so two big juicy ribeye steaks come out. Baked potatoes, whatever you wanted. Boom, you're done. Let's move on. What celebrities were there? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask. A woman in a black dress, blonde hair held back in a bun. She's got big sunglasses on. Walking sort of shuffling like she's kind of out of it. Hmm. Quite love? Possibly. Comes out, sits down, and is served a martini and a tiny little steak with uh, a couple sprigs of salary over on one side. She addresses the butler in Italian. No idea who that is. I don't know who it is either. I <laughs> know. I'm sure you gave us a lot of clues, and when you say it, it will know. <laughs> no, it it could be like 
any of those people. <laughs> you would know who it is. Sean, Lindsay. You know, it's she's Lindsay. one of your guests. No, uh, her name is Laura Sciotti. Oh. She's a Italian actress of uh. no great fame. <laughs> Mildly attractive for David, though? I don't know. That'd be up to David. Mm. No, I, is, she, I was... is she mildly attractive to human males? Oh, definitely. But right now she is in a loose black dress, looks hungover, and has big old black glasses. Big old black I have not seen on. any of these movies that she's been in. I've never heard of any of these movies she's been in. <laughs> like I said, an Italian actress of no great fame. Oh, maybe in Italy. <laughs> Probably yeah, not in Italy count. either. <laughs> Good. I'll be damned. It's foreign Miss Teen Europe, 1980. Laura <laughs> <laughs> Ezra knows the weirdest shit. <laughs> All right. Star of so Friends then. at the Margarita Cafe. I'll be damned. <laughs> Everyone looks at you in amazement, <laughs> including Laura Shiati. <laughs> <laughs> what, you think she I've never been on? remember any of that. Then it sounds like off to do research. Yes. Yep. Yep. So let me start with you, Mr. Mercury. Okay, let me get my dice because I'm just on the ball like that. Yes, I have to be careful with these because if I leave them out, our the dog new... will eat them? No, he just carries the bag around in his mouth, the whole big cloth <laughs> dice bag. Yeah, I don't want to play D&D. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. D&D dog. <laughs> oh, doggies and dragons. Dungeons and Doggy, doggies. Doggies and dragons. Doggies and dragons. Yeah, I think I like that better. Yeah, Dungeons and Doggies sounds um, inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It might be something you see on the Penthouse channel. That's right. But Doggies and Dragons sounds like a game that might be actually kind of fun to design. Yeah, that's that sort of like Doggies and Burrows. Okay, so what are you planning on rolling here? Wouldn't it be investigation, which I don't know if I have or not, but I'll find out. In an ex-cop, wouldn't you think that would be something you would have? Yeah, you've got investigation at average. Okay, I got a plus one on the roll, so that makes it a fair result. But if you want to pray for guidance about this issue, and if you feel like this is something that is worth asking for God's help on, you could pray for guidance, and that would allow you to use your conviction skill. Oh, yeah, let me do that, because it is, especially given what I had said about there being so much crap to (laughs) sift through regarding people who claim they were possessed, who really weren't, who were just in it to make a buck. So yeah, I think I'll do that, because he has to sift through all that crap, so that would make it... Plus six, which I don't know what the name is for that. Yeah, that's um, that's really good is what it is. I like working with the numbers. It's just easier for me. Yeah. Somehow. Where exactly are you looking for your information? I am, you know, <laughs> my pause is because I was going to answer one way and all of a sudden it occurred to me. I'm going to first ask Rocky if he knows anything now, you've established that he doesn't speak. He didn't speak that entire scene. Can That's typical of him. But can he speak, or do I not know you're if not he can really, speak? You're not really sure. Okay. So I'm going to go up to him, or it's during the day, so I'm assuming he's on his perch, because mm-hmm. people could be walking by and see. Okay, so I go up, 
on the roof. And, uh, yeah, you know what? I kind of picture David Mercury as a smoker for some reason. I don't think we've done why, actually. I don't think we've done anything to contradict that yet. So, yeah, I'm going to be up on the roof and having a smoke. And I look to Rocky and I say, hey, listen, uh, making sure there's no one around to overhear as I'm talking to a stone statue. Oh, no, no one up here but a bunch of pigeons. Okay. They're, they're all right. They don't talk. If it was parrots, that could be a problem because they just can't seem to shut the hell up. Mm. Listen, uh, I need to know if you know of any possessions that have been going on that are real, the real thing, not bogus and not people trying to get attention that have gone on over the last few months around here. I mean, I can look in the library, but that's going to take a long time. And I'll do that if I have to. And if you just want to point in the right direction or something. Uh, but I thought I would ask you because you've been around as long as I can remember and you've seen a lot. So, uh, could be very helpful. He turns his head very slightly, kind of looking at you quizzically and then points out toward the southwest. Hmm. And as a former police officer around here, you know there's an old prison out in the desert out in that direction. Okay. Uh, In the prison? He nods. Okay. All right. Uh, You're not going to give me a name, are you? He just shrugs and <laughs> spreads his massive hands. That's uh, doesn't surprise me. You know, one of these days I'll have to buy you a beer. We'll have a conversation, or maybe it'd be better if I took some peyote. Jesus. Okay. He shakes his head, but does hold out two fingers and kind of points toward your pack of smokes. Oh, sure. I give him a ciggy. He holds up one claw. It glows a cherry red. (laughs) Touches it to the cigarette and puts it in his mouth. (laughs) That's that's a pretty neat trick. Settles back down into classic gargoyle pose. Totally unmoving, except occasionally little puffs of smoke are coming out his hard nostrils. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so since I did the role based on prayer for guidance, you just have that feeling that that's what he was pointing at. Oh, okay. I was thinking I could get maybe a name. Okay, so where to go? Is it the prison? I certainly can't go down there and say, hey, listen, I want to hear about people who've been possessed over here. Well, it's shut down. Oh, all right. I'm going to down quite some time ago. I will go to the church records and look for cases of possession involving people who either were attending or had attended that prison. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Well, you find out a couple things. I don't know if I should suggest this out of character is not there, but if you can find the records of the prison chapel. I would say that's actually what would be there. I like that. Yeah. So, the Gila Flats Correctional Facility for Men. There's a bit of history about it. Uh, it was built on the panoptic model, the idea being that if men feel that they're always being watched, that they will always try to be good. And religious therapy and education was a major part of this program. 
the idea being that if the idea that um, well, that's kind of the basis of the the Christian religion in general. Exactly, (laughs) and the architect and the warden, who were good friends, were big fans of this idea, as were the Pitcairn family at the time, and they apparently funded the construction of the prison based on this idea. Despite what might seem like a focus on reform, it was also the site of California's last functioning gas chamber, and it was shut down in 1922. It was a state landmark for a while, but funding ran out or something. It's not really clear what happened there. And from what you understand, just knowing about it, kind of talking with old cops and stuff like that, it's been abandoned out there in the desert since the 20s. Because the religious therapy and religious education was a big part of it, you have some records here. And there are a number of mentions of visions, some inmates being tormented possibly by demons, visions of the dead or visions from hell, depending on who's describing it. And they're fairly consistent across the years. Images of the damned, human figures that looked as though they had been executed in various ways, who would appear to some of the most nefarious criminals who were sent there, those who later would be classified as criminally insane. They frequently reported these visions, and there are multiple records of these across the years, and the visions are pretty much the same. Hmm. Okay, I'm not sure how that ties in. You have the feeling there's a connection. I mean, you prayed over it, Right. Rocky pointed it out, and then you find this, like the first book you came to. Right. I wonder what's there now. Where is... I have a phone. I'm of the 21st century. I have a cell phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, you have a smartphone. You I'm gonna, using it earlier. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and Google the correctional facility and see if I can determine what is there. Or maybe I already just know this. What is there now? Since it's been shut down. Is it abandoned? Is it Yeah, what you heard is it's just been abandoned oh, okay. since the 20s. So there's but no, a okay. Google search will reveal it shows up on a number of sites for people who go to explore abandoned areas. And also on the websites of folks who go out looking for ghosts. It has quite the reputation as being haunted, supposedly by... Like the Mansfield Prison out here. Supposedly by the spirits of the men who were executed there. And they talk about a number of different spirits, like the hanged man, one who is executed by immurement, one who is executed by lethal injection. What, There's what, names. What, what's immurement? Immurement is, um, well, that's all they say, but a quick search would reveal that's being entombed alive. Okay, I was curious myself what immurement was. Okay. Wow. That's a hell of a way to go. I believe that's a constitutional violation. (laughs) You would know for a fact, David, that those are not methods of execution that were used in California. Hanging, certainly, but would have been like in the 1800s. Right. And lethal injection, not at all during the time when the facility was open. They had a gas chamber there. Yep. That's all they used. Okay. Well, I guess this is plenty to go on for now. 
So, let me cut over to the Wizard Kirkland. All right. Going to the fort where the uh, wardens are based. In as much as they are. A sharp-looking gentleman with almost painfully handsome features. He's wearing a tailored suit under his warden cloak and a boulder hat. All right. We need to at the door. Wizard Kirkland, hi. Hello. Deputy Warden Kirkland now. Oh, yes, Rosetta told me about that. Well, congratulations, I guess. Is this the British Warden from the books? Yeah, what's his name? I honestly uh, can't remember. Chandler or something like that, you think. I've seen him around, but that's it. Okay. Or perhaps I should say my condolences. Well, works work. <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, what can I do for you this fine day, besides uh, giving you admittance to the Fortress of Solitude? <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need access to the library. Uh, oh, research. Sure, no problem. Research in the line of duty? Yes. Ah, yes. And... Um, Rosetta asked me to pass something along to you. She didn't quite trust the vampire for some reason. Fair enough. I don't understand it. He rolls his eyes in an exaggerated fashion, and with a brilliant smile and a magician's gesture, produces a uh, manila envelope sealed with a wax seal. Fancy. All right, I'll look at this when I get into the library. Lead on, Macduff. Oh, no. I have to stand guard. Um, oh. Well, it seems... point me in the direction, Macduff. He uh, just points over his shoulder. Watch out for the noobs. Noobs. I'll watch out for them. (laughs) Inside the place is mostly deserted. Picture turn-of-the-century fort. Partially rebuilt like in the 60s, kind of run down since then. You do see a few beat-up-looking kids, and it's like, God, were you ever that young? Oh, damn kids. Standing or lounging around. (laughs) Yep, it looks like a bunch of 12-year-old boys and girls in black combat gear with grenades standing around earnestly discussing maps and weapons. <laughs> are they literally 12 years old, or are they just look that way to me because they're so young? They just look that way. Okay. Because I was going to have some words for the White Council if that was true. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right, no so, actual child soldiers. All right, so still painfully young, but not to the point of extreme moral duress. Yeah. Right. Down into the basement where there's a, a tunnel. There's a lot of tunnels running back and forth here that ran back and forth between different parts of the fort. And the library, such as it is, is in one of these commercial cheap bookshelves lined with mystic volumes. <laughs> Some. <laughs> Ikea. Some minor magics to keep away mildew and must, the standard type of stuff that you see. So, looking specifically for stuff on the Castadagnantic, or...? Yes, the first part is looking for the Castadagnantic. Oh, yes, and you also, I think you wanted to... The Turlianshi. Yep. And I think you also wanted to check out the... Envelope. I didn't want to distract you. Oh, there. oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about the envelope. So before I get there, I'm gonna find my little spot table to sit down and plop down my notebooks and whatnot, set up camp, and then I'll crack open the uh, seal. There's some old hurricane lanterns down here to provide light to wizards doing research. 
Right. right. The seal is uh, purple wax, and there's a complex Japanese ideogram pressed into it. Okay. Very minor magic, mostly just to make the letter really uninteresting to people it's not destined for. All right. So no ward I have to break through. No. So inside is a letter. All right. Uh, Wizard Kirkland, I apologize for giving you the short end of the stick earlier, but I literally am running around the world putting out fires. These are dark times, as you know. I appreciate all that you've done for the minor talents. A lot of wardens don't agree with Perinet and specifically the work that you do, but I want you to know that I support you, and so do some of the other younger wardens. You're not alone. I'm keeping the Ouija board, thanks, and she just writes it THX. She pick up a cell phone. (laughs) Maybe she's trying to use the lingo. Being hit. All right. And based on the samples you gave me, I was able to uncover some things about the entity which you encountered. Apparently, there's a very old entity called the Castadan Yantik, which was known as an enemy of the Atlanteans, which stole into sleep and dreams with dark promises of power. She's writing a lot of that stuff in quotes. Right. Toward the end of the Atlantean era... Whenever that was, she writes in parentheses, their society was lousy with various cults. Many of them may have been inspired by the Kastadanyantik. I think it likes to work behind veils. I wasn't able to find out what its ultimate goal is, but that's not surprising. Even if I were able to find out, I'm not sure I would want to. Anyway, that's what I could discover. Be careful in your research. When you look long into the abyss, etc. Right. Fair enough. I'll tuck that away. Oh, look, she dots her eyes with little circles. That's cute. Anyway, <laughs> she does, actually. Tuck that back away to the backpack. Light up the hurricane lanterns. And start cruising the bookshelves, looking for any more information. Not only am I going to look for the Casa de Yantic, I'm going to add looking for more information about Atlantis in my uh, searches, too. Okay. You have really good skills for this. Five. Yeah. For lore. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a roll for fun. Okay. Oh. Total of plus eight before we get any bonuses for the library. Nice. Impressive. But you want to impressive. <laughs> Specifically, I want to find out about Kastanyantic cults. I want to find out if he's an outsider or an old god or something else, or you know whatever the going theory is. Uh, I'd like to know about Atlantis and Atlantean cults. If he works behind veils, I might start working on a veil-breaking route, but we'll get to that. Okay, so what's your total end up being? Plus eight, plus any bonuses that might oh, okay. be given for the library. For some reason, I was waiting for you to add that to your stat or something, and I don't know what I was thinking. Sorry about that. Okay, so library here gives a plus two. So a ten. Yep. Which is right. legend. <laughs> Legendary? Yes, it's very good. Okay, so Atlantis, uh, you knew already, but it was a real... Not really a place, so much as a name that's commonly ascribed to a um, society that existed in prehistory. Right. Around the time, 
normal humans were figuring out that you could use antelope thigh bones to hit people, the Atlanteans were already at peaks of sorceress power, which perhaps might be approached by the oldest members of the White Council today. They Big were, magic. Yep. They were a worldwide society, and they had... A worldwide web of intrigue, if you will. Sort of. They had no real central authority or central government. Instead, they had a series of precepts that everyone pretty much agreed to. Uh, They're not too dissimilar from, and in fact, may be what the laws of magic come from. Ancient libertarians. It worked really well for them, probably for at least 5,000 years, according to the reputable sources that you can find. But their society fell into decay, possibly as the result of just natural changes in the flow of magic. Uh, No one is really sure, but a lot of the Atlantean writings that have been found and translated talk about natural disasters of the magical sort. They eventually fled the earthly realm into the never-never. That's known. And various people have prophesied their return at various points through history. It has always been wrong. However, there have been known recorded instances of individual Atlanteans or small groups of Atlanteans returning to Earth, usually on some sort of mission, clearly. And so, they so we, know that they, we know that they still exist. They still exist somewhere. But they won't even talk with the White Council. Um, they will typically show up, do something sorcerous, they grab an artifact, destroy a monster, enchant an area, uh, and then leave. All right. So they are known to exist. But it's, so it's not just pure legendary. So that we know they exist. They've retreated into the deep never-never. Mm-hmm. They come out on Earth now and again, do something <laughs> ineffable. Yes. And then disappear. All right. I wonder if the Fae might have more information because they've got more connection than Never Never 2. They've been a Never Never for so many thousand years. They're probably closer to Fae and other critters than they are to being terrestrial things like they were in the day. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, as for the Kastadon Yantik, the name itself is Atlantean. And it sounds like they gave it that name because its true name gives it power. Right. What does Kafta Danyantik mean? It's Candy tits. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough. No, it's essentially Memories a... crafted of sugar. <laughs> Marzipan <laughs> memories. It's a shibboleth. It's just a word that's designed not to mean anything. So if he can't say it, then you know it's him. Basically. That's what a shibboleth is, but yeah. Yeah. And in okay. fact, the Tirlianshi... said, like, you had questioned the warlock about the source of his power, and he tried to explain, but then couldn't. And the Tirlianchi made a reference to that, like, the Kastadanyantik is still in him, and he can't speak of it while it's in him. Widely spread, it was known throughout Atlantean society toward the end. There's many reports, you're not finding the individuals, but the summaries, of cults that 
served various dark gods or bizarre purposes, which were at odds with Atlantean society and often even with each other. And their equivalent of the wardens turned up in many of these cases that it was the same entity, which they took to calling the Kastadanyantik, that was inspiring these people. And it sounds like it gives people what they want. Uh, Wish granter type thing. Okay. And there's even a quote in there from one of the investigators that's been translated as, nearly all mortal beings can stand adversity. The true test of a soul is to give it power. The everything but temptation. Yep. The Custodon Yantik knows this of us. Do we know what it is? Do we know is it an old god or is it an outsider or a demon or They say unknown? it's an outsider and they were able to drive it off and seal it. They performed some sort of warding in the earth itself at various locations, which would serve to keep it away from the mortal realm. So there was that. That's Atlantis. That's the Kastodanyantik. And there was one other thing that you wanted to know about. More about the Trillianchi. Okay. You had remembered hearing the name in connection with some sort of very old debacle in the fairy court or something, possibly in the summer court. And this thing was sort of banished to the boondocks because of that. And you don't find any more information about that in particular, but there are a lot of old references as far back as the records go to the Tirlianshi, which is said to be Lord of the Green Isle, or as the Spanish settlers here first called it, Isla Verde, Ah. and that its children, perhaps literally from the way it's written, are Selkies. All right, I know what Selkies are. You said he was banished? Banished from the summer court, you think. Sort of sent away because of some debacle or some... Is a debacle like a debacle? Uh, yeah, sorry, like a debacle, except said incorrectly. <laughs> Possibly he embarrassed someone, or it embarrassed someone, high in the very hierarchy or something. You don't remember exactly, and for some strange reason, there's no explanation of, of that here. And he is Summerfay? Yes, Summer Court. And what's his ranking equivalent? Noble, or? Uh, yeah, definitely a noble. It would be like a duke. One that's assigned to some of the outer marches to guard and protect an area. And it's so powerful, but not as powerful as one of the three queens. No, definitely not. Okay. But assigned by one of them to guard this specific area for some reason. Still a true fae. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. One last thing. I was going to see if there was any records of Kastanyantic cults popping up in the modern era. The only references you find are these old Atlantean ones. Okay, so nothing contemporary that's been recorded. No, although there's plenty of references to sponsored magic. There's always dark beings out there, and they're always willing to help. Okay, so it's possible they're still sponsoring people. But nothing organized that has popped up on the radar. Nope, nothing you've found, not since the Atlantean era. Okay. Sponsoring is certainly a possibility that we had with Pace. Okay. All right, so there we are. And cutting over to Mr. Shaw. Yes, sir. You had dispatched Victor on an errand. 
to track down the Red Court and try to find out more. You had set him to thinking about a few things. Was there any other research or anything else that you specifically wanted to do? I was going to do research on the warlock. Ah, okay, that's right, the background. Okay, so Pace for Siren, originally from New Jersey, looks like he dropped out of high school as a sophomore, and there was a sex scandal with not one, not two, but three of the teachers at the high school there, and him. Wow. Lucky guy. From some of the news reports, they went crazy over him, flipped out. One of them tried to kidnap him from his home. Ah. After all that, he dropped out and kind of dropped off the grid, but appears here and there, sort of moving across the country, usually in isolated areas, and connected with a number of wealthy women, it sounds like. And then usually there's some sort of allegation of abuse on his part or stalking or something. Somebody in these women's lives brings him to the attention of law enforcement, and then he'll drop out and move on again. Looks like this has been going on for at least 15 years. Okay. So that seems to be the background with him. Okay, so dropped out of high school, sex scandal teachers. Any criminal charges brought against him? Yeah, but he always disappeared, and the alleged victims refused to press charges. Adamantly so. Okay. You find there's a reference to one of the teachers who was hospitalized and sent to a mental institution not long after he disappeared. Did I get a name on this teacher? Yes. If I could give that to you in just a moment, as soon as I write one down. Take your time, sir. <laughs> uh, no, her name's Ellen McKay. I'll do a search on New Jersey records to see if she's still in that institution. I can roll any time. Oh, no, that's okay. I've, a lot of times the roll is more like It's interesting to see what you would find out or if I have something interesting in mind for a failure. Gotcha. So in this case, actually, yeah, I would like you to make a investigation roll. Okay. Two. Okay. It's not a matter of public record where she is, but you do find a obituary notice for her. Okay. Looks like she died six years ago. Was he involved in any activities in high school? Yearbook, pages, anything that he was involved in? He's described in the newspaper stories as a quiet, soft-spoken boy on the football team. And pretty much everyone interviewed says that he was a nice, quiet kid, kind of stuck to himself, but seemed okay. Okay. Good. I can't think of any other questions. And I lied to you when I said this was going on for 15 years, because these reports, when he dropped out of high school and stuff, that was 20 years ago. So it's 20 years, okay. Yep. Okie dokie. Excellent. So there you are, gentlemen. That's the information that you have gathered up to this point. We now return control of your television set to you. All right. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was actually thinking about probably calling it early here, since we're kind Sounds of at a okay good stopping me. spot. And I got work to get ready for. I it. thought that was a good idea too. Yeah. That way we got some time to absorb the information we got. Right. Your characters can plan your next moves. Think about yep. what to do there. Yep. Okay. So, so I don't forget. Uh, I think we're going to call this a minor milestone. M- milestone? A milestone. Yeah, it's, it's very mild. It's not one of those abrasive stones like you sometimes get. It's not one of these spicy stones. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it sounded dirty somehow. <laughs> I think because of the lisp. Yeah, I know. That's what I, kind of what I was I going for. So we'll be starting off next time. Your consequences will all be cleared. Go ahead and clear out any consequences you guys have that aren't specifically supposed to be permanent or anything else. And take a look at minor milestones. Decide if there's anything you want to do with that. But I think since we just had a significant one, I got the impression you guys were pretty solid with what you had done with that. Yeah. Yep. And a couple quick things just because your characters would probably remember – Kirkland, you also wanted to find out what was going on at that site because you had felt the presence of some entities that were helping you with your earth magic. I'm um, sorry? At the apple farm, you had felt the presence of some entities lending their power to yours. Oh, did I? Um, I call that. With the earth magic. And you wanted to find out what was going on with that also. Oh, I totally forgot about that. And I think there was also a plan to investigate the remains <laughs> yes because i have here because someone shot it up i think that might have been uh, moondog who said that the remains of the machine as well right looking at that next time then yep okay so what see you guys next week yeah well oh, hey you are running a good game sir i'm enjoying yeah. it so. yeah. thank you i'm glad you are well, we'll pick up next time and maybe get into some action or something we'll see what goes wrong Good, good, good. Well, you guys have a good night. Thanks, you too. You as well. We'll talk. We'll be in touch. And there you have it. As always, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what you think of the session, what you think of the campaign overall, and just just say howdy. Howdy, 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 howdy. Best way to do that currently is to like us on Facebook and comment. And you can find the link to our Facebook page from our website at mtmjetpack.com. You can also send feedback as an email to feedback at mtmjetpack.com. Either way, you will get a response. And we look forward to hearing from you. So, until next time, this is Blind Geek saying thanks for listening and reminding you that your imagination is just like a jetpack. You've got to keep it fired up. And always, let it soar.